Welcome to Search Late with Stephanie. I am your host, Stephanie McLernan, and this week we are going to be covering multiple cases. I like to call these episodes The Search Party. If you follow me on TikTok, you would see the update that I posted about this. So this week, we turn on our search lights onto the cases of Cynthia Louise McLean, Cheryl Ann Hansen, and Barry Rocky Bedler. So let's dive on in. Our first case this week is Cynthia Louise McLean. She was born on July 5th of 1956, and she lived in Willow River, British Columbia, with her parents. She was age two when she disappeared. She's described as having blonde or dark blonde hair, dark brown eyes, weighed about 28 pounds, stood at two feet six inches tall, and was last seen wearing a brown cotton sweater, white blouse, light blue corduroy trousers with black flecks, and white and red saddle shoes. She was last seen by her mother playing outside of the family home at approximately 9.15 in the morning, and her mom had stepped inside to change the laundry over, and when she came back out, Cynthia could not be found. Cops and more than 2,000 volunteers almost immediately conducted a search. They searched the waterways, rail lines, and roads were scoured. And I wanted to read something from Cynthia's brother. She also had the nickname of Cindy Lou. Not many days that go by, if any, that we don't think of Cindy. Cindy Lou's brother had said. And if anybody has any information on any of the cases covered on my podcast, I do suggest that you reach out to Crime Stoppers. It is anonymous if you choose to remain anonymous. It is 1-800-222-8477. And, you know... I just can't imagine the pain that these families go through, and that's why I do read the blurbs from the family, um, because they're forever in a day wondering, you know, what happened to their family member, where they are, what happened, how they're living, if they are living, or, like, you know, they just want some sort of an answer. Um, So if you're wondering why I read the blurbs from the family, I just think it's always important to understand the pain for these families, because even though that the not to sound ignorant or rude, but the 15 minutes in the spotlight disappears. It doesn't mean that time goes back to normal for the families. It's forever frozen. So I just want y'all to keep it in the back of your minds as I read all of these cases, that that's why I'm driving the importance of this home is to have the sympathy and empathy for these families and the pain that they are enduring. Our next case is Cheryl Ann Hansen. She was born on July 25th, 1966. She was last seen on May 31st of 1974. She was seven years old in Aurora, Ontario. She is described as having blonde hair, blue eyes, last seen wearing a dark brown check sweater and pants combination, a red nylon jacket, and white leather shoes. She also wore a gold necklace with a medallion on it. She weighed 51 pounds and stood at four feet tall. Cheryl was last seen heading to her cousin's house for a sleepover. She left her home at around 6.30 p.m. that evening to walk down Bloomington Side Road. Her cousin's home was only 10 minutes away, but she never arrived. Thousands of volunteers, including police, CB radio operators, aircraft, and Queens York militia units, searched for weeks. 
eventually convicted murderer Donald Everingham confessed to several murders, including that of Cheryl. Described her clothes and everything else like that, drew a crude map. Police searched the area where Everingham had said that Cheryl's body was, but it wasn't ever recovered. Eventually, Everingham's confession was just recanted. Our last and final case is of Barry Rocky Fiddler. He was born on September 28, 1960, and he was last seen on July 1, 1975. He was 14 years old, stood at 5'7", and weighed about 140 pounds, and he was last seen in Thunderchild First Nations, Saskatchewan. He's described as having black hair, brown eyes, he had freckles, he had a thin build, he was last seen wearing blue jeans, brown boots, and a brown wool checkered jacket. March 1975, Barry Rocky Fiddler left his home at the Waterhen First Nation, and he wasn't seen again until July 1st, 1975, when he attended a Thunderchild First Nation powwow, which was about 200 kilometers south of his home. Now, I want to read what Barry's sister had said. Our family has never had closure, and we still don't. Having a family member go missing is hard. It is still hard. When you don't know if they are alive or have passed on, you're always wondering, thinking, and hoping. You never give up hope that they are alive somewhere, and if not, we deserve to at least know the truth, to have closure. The pain never stops when you don't know. Again, I want to thank you all for tuning in this week and turning your searchlights on with me. And the reason why I ended with Barry's case is because the week of May 1st to the 7th is the National Call for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. I understand that he's not a woman. Um, May 5th is the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Day, or wearing a red dress. Um, if you're not from Canada, um, there's been a lot going on with the Indigenous community involving, you know, the residential schools and the Starlight Tours. And, you know, there's a book called The Highway of Tears involving Indigenous community. And I wanted to shed some light on it um, because, you know, uh, women in the Indigenous community are actually 12 times more likely to go missing or be murdered. Um, And, you know, I just want to bring attention to it because it is something that should have attention brought to it not lessening any other races out there that go missing or end up murdered I just as a Canadian and somebody who has family members who are part of the Indigenous community even though I am not um it's just a very important thing to speak on and I just I just think it's really important to talk about it and next week we will be covering the case of Noreen Ann Grinley from Bowman, Ontario. So I want to thank you all for tuning in again. And please feel free to do the research involving the Indigenous community as Canada is a melted pot of diversity. I will try to be as um, open and unbiased as possible. I just believe very much that everyone des- deserves the same and equal opportunity to have their voices heard. Thank you again and stay safe, stay vigilant, and hug your children.